0: Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. Guess what? It's episode number 10. And that, that's the magic episode. And I've said in several episodes, if you've been listening, if I get to 10 episodes, I'll get to 100. So now you, the listener, the friend, the family member, whoever you are, you can, you can hold me to it. I said if I got through 10 episodes, I'd get through 100. That's it. I'm gonna do a hundred episodes. It's gonna happen. Mark your calendars every two Thursdays. And you know what? This is coming out right smack dab in the middle of the Christmas season. I don't have my phone uh, anywhere near me right now, so I can't tell you exactly what day this is coming out uh, except for a week from Thursday. It'll be it'll be almost Christmas. And I'm putting out an episode. I'm not taking a break. For the holiday, no way. I'm going straight through. This episode is with John Tuck. I like to interview people from all different parts of the music industry. And John Tuck has made a career doing dueling pianos. He was my boss at Howl at the Moon in Denver. Right out of college, I got a job thanks to my roommate, Kevin McHugh. He got me an audition, and I ended up getting a job at Howl at the Moon, and and uh, John Tuck was my boss, and we've remained good friends. And uh, he's he's filled in in my band time to time, playing keys. He's a great keyboardist, great trumpet player. He played in the military band for a while, uh, or in a in a military band, I should say. And then, um, and then started working at Howl at the Moon. And he has a really cool story. When we, before we started the interview, I really wanted to talk about running your own business. That was sort of gonna be the pseudo theme of the episode. John and his wife, Amy bierman uh both incredible piano players of a gigantic repertoire, great singers, and they worked at Howl at the Moon together. They met at Howl at the Moon and ended up leaving at the same time and starting their own dueling piano business. So I wanted to talk about the difficulties of that and the and the awesome things around that and i guess it uh we talked about it some but we ended up talking we sort of started with john at the beginning of john's musical life and went from there and progressed as far as we could but i as the as the person running the interview i i was so intrigued by everything he was saying i wanted more more detail on everything so if we didn't get to the how to run your own business part that's my fault. Sorry, not John's. That's all on me. Anyway, it's a it's a really great story, and we hear about uh, John Tuck coming up and deciding to do music, His what he did in college, his military band career, his dueling pianos career, his own company that he has now. And it's a really great story, and I was really glad to have him on. I have an immense amount of respect for John as a musician and as a person trying to think if there's anything else I need to preface the episode with while I do that I'm going to thank our sponsor PQ Mastering out of Las Vegas Nevada Patrick at PQ Mastering puts all the finishing touches on this podcast he does more than that in fact he actually posts it for me because I'm kind of helpless so he masters it and posts it and for any audio restoration needs that you may have, you can go to www.pqmastering.com. Contact Patrick. Tell him you heard about him. They're middle-class rock star. He'll hook it up. Any mastering needs you might have. PQ Mastering. Thanks, Patrick. Big thanks. So we're, we're at the end of the year. And uh, the podcast, you, you don't just do the mastering. You do a lot. You You talk through the episodes with me and you post them up for me. You help me collect statistics on the episodes and who's listening so uh pat badgley thank you so much for all your help this this podcast wouldn't be possible without you back to today's episode i think that's it i don't think there's there's anything else to say but i think it's a a great story and i really enjoyed my talk today so i hope you enjoy as well here's my conversation with john tuck of colorado keys dueling pianos do it let's do it what's happening
1: uh well we're here in andy sito's basement and uh in my bedroom it, in, in his in his bedroom i didn't want to get too specific with that but yeah yeah
0: that's here that's, it is it's,
1: it's it's now it's a lot weirder and we're we it's just a lot we've weirder. only just begun when you know
0: what it <laughs> <laughs> this is true this is a remote uh a remotely re- a remote is that right if you can record it anywhere it's a remote podcast sure, absolutely. Yeah, i think that's the right term so i, I have recorded episodes and all sorts of different places, but um, when when it, when I'm home and the guest is from around here, this is the studio. It's not soundproofed at all. Um, I love the acoustics in here. Yeah, the, there are no acoustics in here. And I
1: have to say, the scenery is, except for all the Cincinnati... In Ohio yeah. paraphernalia,
0: I got some. I got some uh, some paintings up, some
1: <laughs> ball caps, and a lot of uh, white. Here I am in a bear's hat, looking at all you know, all Ohio sports. So we can get past that.
0: Yeah, you can you can leave that here, and I'll send you off with a Buffs hat or something. I don't know a Reds hat consolation prize. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> um, so, where did you you you're not from Colorado originally? I know you went through a journey to get to get here through music, where are you from originally?
1: Uh, from the suburbs of Chicago originally. That
0: explains the hat.
1: That explains the hat. And uh, <clears throat> so, specifically, that would be Glendale Heights, Illinois, uh, is where I was born and raised, and through um, you know elementary and middle school, and then Lombard, Illinois, Glenbard East High School, to be, uh, go Rams, you know specifically for high school all right uh, so anyway that was all through suburbs of of chicago and i began my collegiate studies in music uh, trumpet actually trumpet performance um at roosevelt university chicago college of performing arts was the, sc- the school of music name
0: i did two years there and what, uh, what was your major in? Were you still doing gen eds or were you a spe- specifically with an instrument? <laughs> well, that's a loaded question. Did I
1: have <laughs> gen eds on the agenda? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Did I do them as much as I should have? Probably not. I was there to study music and, you know, as as a lot of college students uh, discover, you know, they... they well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 was, it was definitely a school of partying as well. So, uh, I, but I, I, definitely took the, my, my music very seriously while I was there and, uh, studied under some great professors and, um, great players themselves, really, uh, Rob Parton being one of them on, on trumpet. And anyway, so I did a couple years there and, and gosh, the, the talent that would come to that school was just incredible. Um, and I transferred to University of Kentucky, where I got a full ride, and that's kind of what, what led me
0: there. So, backing up for a second, what made you decide to go to school for music in the first place? Well, I mean, music was, was just a big part of my life from from Did you know at that age. point that you wanted to be a professional musician, or were you still just like, well, I guess that's something that I, I don't suck at, I'm going to try that in school? You know,
1: it's it's I guess something I've always been drawn to because I was always just a very poor student when it came to doing something I didn't find joy in. And I was really bad at anything anything else really. I was I d I didn't do homework. I always tested well, you know. I my, my standardized tests always showed that I was you know, very bright kid and and but my grades would definitely showed otherwise and uh it was just something that I I enjoyed doing and and that's the direction I had to go
0: I yeah felt like you know great that was that's that was my calling if you will and then after after those two years how did how did Kentucky pop up all of a sudden well I had a friend of mine um from Chicago
1: College of Performing Arts, that was—he uh, really knew the the professor there. His name is Mark Cloudfelter, the trumpet professor there. He knew him really well, and he was—he was just himself transferring to that college and trying to build a trumpet studio. And uh, <clears throat> uh, so I looked into it and got a full ride. I had to do marching band. Which did you, did you
0: have to audition for that? Did you have to go in an audition to get the scholarship? Yes, yes, that was Very definitely nice. part of the process. But you know,
1: so. I don't know how much you want to talk about my, my collegiate experience. And, I'm and how, really enjoying do you, your collegiate experience <laughs> so far. Because I, I cannot lie that my, my collegiate experience in Kentucky turned into a lot of the same of, yeah, you know, we crushed it with the uh, musical ensembles and classes and all all the musical side of things, but I was never really into the school side of things. Right. I, and, and, you know, if I could go back and redo it, I probably would do things a little differently.
0: But... uh but you can't I can't. There and, you are.
1: and you know, I'm I'm I I'm I'm not unhappy with where it's landed me right.
0: today. <laughs> right and and so then at, at Kentucky, um you were doing was it more of jazz focus, classical focus? It was all of it. Yeah. Uh okay. a lot of big band.
1: Uh Jazz combo, which I played piano in, you know, I did a lot so of... So
0: you were doing piano in college?
1: I was doing piano in college, yes. Okay. Uh, the, the great Raleigh Daly is the instructor there wow. at Kentucky, and he's just a fantastic piano player himself, jazz piano player specifically. And so I studied under him for a couple of years and uh, played played in some jazz combos. But my, my focus was definitely trumpet,
0: and that's what ultimately won me my, my first military well, that's job. that's really neat that you were able to play both instruments at a collegiate level too. I know a lot of times you got to focus on one, but you were doing ensembles playing both. So you'd been playing piano for, as a kid as well. Yes, okay. trumpet, trumpet, and and piano probably both began.
1: I I feel like we're we're backtracking, but yeah, yeah. Uh, back probably in about fifth grade. So what okay. are you thirteen when you're in fifth grade? Yeah, I mean it, it uh, it was probably an equal focus
0: on both. Okay. For a long time. So we're back at Kentucky now. A okay. quick, re, quick rewind. It's getting your time machine fast forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, how many? How many years did you do at Kentucky before you left? Three years. Did you finish? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess. Because, there's your answer. <laughs> because so far, because so far I've counted five years of college.
1: That's five years of college. No piece yeah. of paper. But you know what? A That's lot okay. of great experiences. It took Kevin ten.
0: A lot. Of <laughs> Um. So you left Kentucky. Why did you leave Kentucky? Where'd you end up? This is where the military band stuff started, right? Right, right.
1: So I had a uh, I had a friend of mine that had auditioned for a uh, a classical position at the Naval Academy band, which is one of the Navy's premier premier bands. And by premier, that means because um, <clears throat> all of the branches of the military have several bands worldwide, hmm. but there's only a select few that they dub premier bands, which means right out of boot camp, you um you are elevated right to uh, pay grade E six, which that's en- enlisted six. So that pay grade scale goes from E one to E nine. So nine is as high as you can go there. To to come in at level six is a pretty high honor.
0: And that's uh, when you say E six. For those of us who don't know, like me, is that are those levels are those actually pay grades how much money you're making or is that the level of musicianship you're at what is how does that well it,
1: it it means the the level of money you're making and also the uh authority you have over the lower pay grades if you will
0: what does e stand for enlisted enlisted six
1: correct so there's two tiers for the military and it's e and o and o being officer and technically, you have to have that piece of paper that I never. So if finished. you're O, if you're O, you're also E.
0: Is that correct?
1: No, no. <laughs> o is a whole other, a whole direction you go in the military, where you're an officer, and uh, okay, you you basically look over an entire branch or entire uh, sector,
0: if you will, of enlisted personnel. Gotcha. I saying, I know nothing about this, so sorry for the dumb. And questions. you know what? I
1: only did five years, so my lim- my my knowledge
0: is fairly limited myself. Yeah. <laughs> was so when you went, did you did you have to go to boot camp? Yes. So yes. Even though you you were just you know playing trumpet, you still had to go to boot camp.
1: Right. So to bring bring the story up to speed, my buddy, yeah. of mine, he came back and he didn't he didn't win the audition. But he said, "Hey, there's there's another audition available. There's another position available in their rock band and their you know uh, current uh, contemporary ensemble band for trumpet." And he's like, "I think you'd be great for it." So I went and I auditioned, and ultimately won the position. And yes, after I won the position, I had to go to boot camp, just like everybody else entering the Navy. But Man. you won
0: the position first.
1: Uh, yes, you you win the you audition and and win the position as a civilian.
0: Okay. Okay, that I guess that was that was my question. Had you not gotten the position, you weren't. Uh, you I wouldn't have to be have in the join the military. No, right. Okay, that and this is not music related, but I've I always find it fascinating because in uh, if I was ever in the military, and this is not the, I'm sure is not the scariest thing, but I. My nightmares come from boot camp. I just I wouldn't like somebody spitting in my face and waking up at 4.30 a.m. You know, I, I, I don't know. You've I'm seen the win. movie
1: Full Metal Jacket is basically what it comes down to. Okay. Right? okay. I mean,
0: yes, it like uh, the movies is what I'm wondering.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you haven't seen the movie Full Metal Jacket. You're,
0: well, how old are you again,
1: Andy? <laughs> I'm 27. Oh, you haven't seen the movie. I haven't
0: seen Full Metal Jacket. I was trying to keep that a secret, but you exposed it. I've seen plenty of movies where they go to boot camp. Right. And it, right. it always... It always seems to suck, you know. It's it's not like the movies anymore. I can promise
1: you that. It it's not as, as tough as the movies portray. You know, you don't have you don't have drill sergeants smacking you in the face and and well, yeah. You, you know, do still you, have to make your bed though. You gotta make your bed. Yeah. You gotta make your bed and you gotta do your push ups. Yeah, you do your push ups. <laughs> How many push ups? I
0: mean, do, should we have a, competi- a competition right now? <laughs> I'll do a, I'll do a push-up competition at the end of the episode. That'd be all really all right. Funny.
1: End of the episode. We'll we'll put that off. All right. <laughs> he, he's doing stretches, let's folks. Another, he's stretching so it out. <laughs> have other <laughs> beer first.
0: I, I I won't turn down a challenge. <laughs> so yes,
1: yeah, so we. I, I get through boot camp and ultimately go to my first my my first real job out of college that I never graduated from. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that is the Naval Academy's Electric Brigade,
0: which is their contemporary music ensemble. Electric Brigade, yes, nice. So, in one, so let's go back to one of the military movies. You know, and they're like, "Oh, when did you serve? Oh, I was in the thirty fourth branch of." You'd be like, "Ah, I was. I served in the Electric Brigade, and
1: yeah, from Division nine five one in in boot camp right to the Electric Brigade. Well, it's a really manly story. Yeah, no, <laughs> with sound- my trumpet.
0: It sounds like." It. <laughs> <laughs> and how how long did you do this for? What did you learn? what did you take away? Well,
1: um, so I I will say that it began a lot more a lot more fun than it ended You know, so it, it was it was um, I will say <laughs> The musician lifestyle is all the musicians listening know that we have a very specific personality and a very specific lifestyle mm-hmm. and um doesn't necessarily mesh with the military lifestyle for a lot of us you know some of them they they were able to adapt and really make it work and i would say more so the the classical musicians you know they're they're a little more um musicians. they have a little more order <laughs> they have a little more order to their lives than than us rockers if as uh, i don't know i don't know if i can really Anybody call myself who's not a rocker a classical but <laughs> <musician>. <laughs> exactly yeah. there you're you a rocker um but so yeah, it began it was it was great. You know, I was making money for the first time in my life. I had an apartment all to myself. I could go out and I'd do things. I had money to do things and buy things and and uh you know, if I met a girl I could bring her home to this uh awesome apartment that I had made for myself. It was the first time I felt like a man in my life, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you,
0: you were you felt like you were accomplishing something that you felt proud of. Absolutely. So in the midst of all that was, um, we we
1: we did a lot of shows for the academy. You know, for the the so the students at the Naval Academy who are just amazingly bright students. It's this is a side note, but gosh, you've got to be like the cream of the crop to get into that place. But yeah. we would play for their dances, and we would play for their pep rallies, and we would play for. And I almost started to wonder, like, what what is, what is my job here? Like, I'm, I'm just to support a bunch of kids, which I am myself at this point. These kids are my age. But as we went on, they found new jobs for us, and uh, we ended up traveling to kind of promote the Naval Academy at colleges and high schools around the nation. And because of that, our agenda and our repertoire had to change and kind of... Uh, went more the route of pop music so we had to so where I was hired in a horn section well now the horn section's not quite as useful because right now you know with a lot of pop music it's just a lot of background synth tracks and and drum loops and somehow we have to put a band behind that and so my role definitely changed now I am because of my keyboard background I am now programming background tracks and I'm the Keyboard player in general, and uh, she
0: so sort of transitioned from a trumpet, the trumpet player in this band to the keyboard, player. yes, same band, yes, same band. What year is it at this point? Oh, I guess this would be about
1: 2007, 2008.
0: Oh man, I was, I was, I don't know why I was waiting for you to say, Oh, this was '92. I, I know you're not that it's old, it's gray just... in the beard, isn't yeah. it? So <laughs> yeah, <it's> the... <laughs> no, I just it just feels like this epic old story, you know, but uh, this, this is not that long ago.
1: No, no, it really isn't. And, um, well, so there was still a need for a horn player. So this is actually really cool. Uh, A guy by the name of Mike Bogart, who played with the band called Tower of Power for about 10 years, enter him. So now that I've transitioned into the keyboard spot, there's now a vacancy in the trumpet spot, which uh, Mike Bogart who he was originally a Navy musician, then you know went on to play with Maynard Ferguson and went on to play with Tower of Power for 10 years. He got a little tired of the road life himself and um, basically auditioned for my vacancy. So I, I that's one of my claims, my, my one claim to fame. Hey, my position was taken over by the trumpet player for Maynard Ferguson and Tower of Power. That's pretty cool. I've never touched any of that world myself, but yeah. you
0: know what? But you could
1: you know it's it's a you never know <laughs> you touch somebody who touched it <laughs> there it is there it is it's it's the three degrees of touching yeah <laughs> seven degrees how many Or however many degrees somebody's getting touched somebody's getting touched whatever the
0: temperature <laughs> um so now you're playing in the band with this guy? Was he a, was he a cool dude? Oh, super cool, super cool. Iron Mike
1: Bogart. So he's he joins the band, and he, he realizes really quick, as soon as I did, like, what is my job in this band? You guys are playing all pop and rap and uh, whatever, you know, what the kids want to hear. And when I got into the band, it was... Earth Wind and Fire and Chicago and even even Tower of Power. And you know, we were playing all this fun horn band stuff, 70s funk, and it was it was really cool. It was really hip. But, you know, we had to do what was, you know, asked of us, and that ended up being what the kids want, what these
0: kids, these kids do. Trying to reach these kids. Trying to reach these kids.
1: And so that's that's the direction we went. And when my enlistment came up, during this time i guess i should mention that i had i had found uh
0: dueling pianos um how many years is this into the military band that you started to discover the dueling pianos life well so with with my my first wife which we won't get into that too too deep but uh i'll remind you to talk more about that later Oh thanks appreciate that
1: Uh, we uh we went to a dueling piano bar for uh, an anniversary, and it happened to be Howl at the Moon in Baltimore. Wait, 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 Maryland.
0: wait, 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 Grandpa, slow down. Okay, uh, you're in the military band. You just got, you know, you you switch jobs. You're the piano player. I mean, uh, this is eating me up. I'm I'm in. All right, this is a great this is a great bedtime story. I'm not tired. I want you to keep reading. And now now you're married, and at Howl at the Moon, what? Well, shiny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, fill in the fill in, wish, in the blanks for us I was not it, necessarily
1: though. at Harlot the Moon at this point. I uh, <laughs> I visited. I, I I went for an anniversary. I kind of popped in to see what it was all about. When did, when did you? Yeah, but
0: when did you get married?
1: All right. Well.
0: <laughs> How many wives have you had, John Tuck? All right. Let's take it easy. <laughs> okay. Take
1: it easy. <laughs> um. I, <sighs> I was one of those who, you know, had a little oops kind of situation. And, you know, we, we since I was in the military, healthcare care and, and babies fall under healthcare. Where did you Our, meet her? Uh, San Antonio, Texas. That's a whole other story through my okay. college years. I, I did a summer there playing at SeaWorld as one of the trumpet players. So we met there and uh ended up having an oopsie situation had uh got pregnant and you know so had, um, was she
0: with you through your whole time oh in the military
1: no, oh no 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 this is
0: okay i don't want i'm just t- trying to get the timeline that's all too deep into
1: this but uh so we 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 get married we're having a baby so for our first anniversary we go to howl at the moon okay. and um and it's it's a really cool concept you know two pianos facing each other and they're playing pop songs and they're playing requests from the crowd and they're having fun they're telling jokes and right. i was like wow where was this before i joined the military like i would have loved this kind of a job right and um anyway so while i'm in the bathroom my wife at the time she pays the piano players on stage 20 dollars, says hey, get this guy on stage so i get on stage and i play a song and Next thing I know, I got one of the players that's on break coming up and asking me, hey, uh, we're a little short-staffed. What do you think about? What did you play when, when you came up? I believe I played I Wish by Stevie Wonder.
0: Uh, and they just loved it. They loved it, yeah. Well, and, and also, I want to take note that fast forward a few years when you're the entertainment director at, at Howl at the Moon, I believe it's a $40 stage fee. So you got off easy. <laughs> or Your your wife at the time got Inflation's off easy. Inflation's a bitch, man. Yeah, what can I yeah, say? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. But so, so we're, let's get into the Howl at the, at the Moon thing. But you, at this point, had you left the military yet, were you still... No, so I'm pulling double duty at this point.
1: Okay, and and it got it it got to the point where sometimes, you know, I was I was playing weekends and then driving an hour and a half after my after my shift at the dueling piano bar to uh, go fulfill my naval duties. So I, I was I was pulling double duty for where a long you time there. At this point, Annapolis, Maryland. Okay, so. Uh, yeah, I, I pulled double duty for a long time there. And when, when it finally came time to um, make a choice, like your enlistment's up, you want to re-enlist. And, and how
0: strict is, is, is the enlistment as strict for a band member, a trumpet player, as it is for somebody who's going to go overseas? Is it a strict, okay, you signed a three-year contract? As
1: far as I know, when your enlistment is up, you have the choice to re-enlist and keep your steady and secure job and paycheck or you can move on and take what life has to come and i chose to take what life has to come and for me that was dueling pianos at that point in time and i guess to kind of complete a thought from earlier uh (laughs) my friend mike bogart uh he he slowly began to realize, wow, I have no place in this band, so he eventually had moved on from that band too, which I believe that band nowadays, which began as a, a nine piece band, is now a like a four or five piece band because they're doing pop music. But anyway.
0: And is and do you stay in touch with Mike?
1: I stay in touch with Mike via social media and all on all those band members really. They they're some of the best musicians I've ever played with in my life.
0: So the, the band was the band was kick ass. Oh,
1: it was solid, man. I mean it's a pretty rigorous audition process that you go through and Really, I mean, literally hundreds of people that audition for those spots. Wow! And and it's so it's it's a pretty selective group of people. And that you can be in. any age. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, as long as you're over eighteen and able yeah. to be in the military. Wow! And then obviously under the cutoff to join the military. <laughs> yeah. Some of those guys have been in for twenty years. Wow! But I th- I believe it was like thirty eight was the cutoff to to join. But no kidding. Anyway, so here we are. I'm at a crossroads. Are you staying in the military? Steady paycheck, covered 100% health benefits. Uh I mean it's it's really just you you retire after 20 years with a full pension. I mean there's there's a lot to decide here because uh, yeah. that that is one of the greatest things and especially nowadays for anybody listening that knows what our healthcare system is right now to to hear that there's an opportunity to have a hundred percent covered health care that like for uh, good for good. Yeah. You are covered. Like your health care is paid for through the VA. And I just, I never really knew that as a kid. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't care that none of that means anything to me. I want to get out and I want to experience new things. So mm. I just, I make the decision to cut from the Navy and I'm, I'm full time with, with dueling pianos. Howl at the moon now? Here we go. Okay. And, through that means i moved to san antonio where my wife's at the time her family lives and um we have a second kid through this time i read right, so you, a, right about a kid
0: you well, yeah yeah well that's why oh, we, that's what that's why we got was. That was oh i get it I get oh it. i hope he never listens it. to this I you're not it. an oops you are not an oops i get it i Dad. love you <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh, at that time you know so through this period, we have a second kid, and we 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 moved to San Antonio, where there's also a Howl at the Moon, a very successful Howl at the Moon, I might add. And um, and
0: uh, really quick, you may have even already mentioned this. What was the first Howl at the Moon that you played at? That was Baltimore. That was the Baltimore location in okay.
1: in Maryland. Yes. So um, here we are, San Antonio Howl at the Moon. I played there for about two years, and um, it's a whole different experience because. They got a whole band on stage, and it's it's super cool. It's a lot like what I'm used to with the Navy band. You know, you're playing with a, a, an ensemble rather than just pianos. So I've already noticed a change in this company, at you know through my years with
0: them. And it was just pianos at first.
1: It started with just pianos. You know, yeah. it was just and pianos and comedy and having fun with the crowd.
0: And really, really quick. Just for anybody who's not familiar with Howl at the Moon, you've probably already gathered it's a dueling piano bar, uh, but it's a a large company that has several locations uh all over the country. It's called Howl at the Moon and it's a it's a dueling piano bar. Maybe that's totally obvious, but for anybody that didn't know, that's Howl at the Moon. Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's absolutely and, and you know, the old um
1: dueling piano concept is, is really uh it's all about crowd participation, audience participation, taking requests, telling jokes, bachelorette showing people. parties. Oh, God, yeah, bachelorette parties for days, um, but it, you know it's really just showing people a good time, and you know bringing people up on stage and having a good time with them, and telling dick jokes, and you know whatever the case right. may be, and uh, that's that sense changed because people get a little more sensitive as time goes on. Like today, you know, yeah, you
0: can't get away with you can't get away with the same stuff, right, right. But there was, but it back in the back in the, in 2000s, the heyday if you will. back in the early <laughs> 2000s there's a lot of dick jokes at, Howl at the Moon. oh nineties oh
1: gosh <laughs> we we could we could rewind to the nineties and oh man i mean how how dirty are we allowed to get on here Cause, right
0: i mean <laughs> well in and, and uh we worked with with somebody at Howl at the moon together uh who started with them in the nineties and he had some great dirty jokes oh great ones <laughs> yeah yeah
1: uh, what was his 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 bit about a little mermaid smells like the sea <laughs> smells like the sea i won't go into all of what that means but i guess you could kind of devise your own that uh, was that was it was when you had a girl on stage yeah, yeah and you know back in the day people would laugh and shake it off and i you know i thought it was a little over the top myself but you yeah, could get away with a lot more
0: certainly,
1: yeah <laughs> but anyway um so ultimately you could see this this concept in this business changing Through the years, and you know, I did a, I did a couple years at at San Antonio, and there was a new one in Denver opening. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to 2012, we have one in 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 Denver opening, and um, I am asked to be a director, a a entertainment manager,
0: the ED, the ED, the ED that you get when you're young, right? Not
1: the one you need a little blue pill for. Yeah, that's not
0: the same thing uh <laughs> that's later in the episode
1: so uh actually this is this is where i meet um you as a
0: matter of fact oh well, um, yeah uh i meet uh kevin i meet how long had you been at how at the moon before before i started working there you'd been there for a while oh right? it's
1: i mean uh, probably a couple years you know
0: okay But, uh, so through our time in
1: Denver, Denver opens up and and this concept, which was once just two pianos having a good time with the crowd, taking requests, you know, this this corporation now is like, no, we need to be more full sound, ensemble oriented and and, and cater to the young kids. These kids, how do we reach these kids? (laughs) You know, everybody (laughs) wants to reach these kids. You know, everybody wants to reach the kids who they order, you know, $30 buckets of booze and throw up in the bathroom. You know, that's that's a successful night right there. Right. <laughs>
0: but uh <laughs> which there, there wasn't too much booze in those $30 buckets if I recall. They don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do
1: now. <laughs> but uh you know, so this is this is a uh, a changing concept through the years and and uh through my my time as a director in Denver, because of my band experience, I'm very successful at putting together ensemble work and basically just uh, experiences for the crowd that the company's never really seen before. You know, we, we're we're throwing together, we're bringing out trash cans on stage and, and doing stomp routines. We're putting together dance numbers. We're 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 putting together all sorts of things that our little brains can think of and yeah and and throw together in rehearsals and and the company's like well we we need, we need to spread this across the and, country and,
0: and how much how much power did you have at this time as an entertainment director of one club a new club I mean you know in terms of you're in charge of the entire show uh, the repertoire to an extent what is your exactly does your job entail well I, I, I would have liked to have think thought That uh, at that point,
1: I had complete creative control over the show. And that means I coordinate the schedule and the rehearsals. And um, obviously, I have clerical work like payroll and blah, 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 whatever. But it it was the creative control that I really dug, you know. And it was anything I could just sit there on my couch and think of. And, like, I'd love to put this together. And I'd love to... This person plays this and this, and we can segue this song into this song and really just fuck the crowd up for like seven or eight minutes. Am yeah. I
0: allowed to say fuck? Uh, yeah. Too late now. Damn it. Um, no, yeah, you can. <clears throat> All right. And, okay. uh,
1: you know, so it was really, it was this that the corporate kind of caught wind of, and, and they and they dug, and uh, so they ultimately pulled me on to the
0: corporate side of things and said, I need you to spread this. So you were doing a great job in Denver. So you got... I'd like right. to think so. Well, uh, you know, they didn't pull the EDs from the other clubs. They pulled you. It's true. To go to the corporate side of things.
1: And basically spread this, this fever. They wanted everybody to have this fever nationwide, and they wanted, you know, whatever it is you guys are doing there, we need to do it everywhere. Yeah. And um, I guess what they didn't understand at the point is it, it, it's different when you have a group of people that you work with week in and week out rather than going and visiting a weekend here and a weekend there, you're not going to make a change. Um, It was, it's a very, uh, it was a very young company that didn't quite understand. Oh gosh, you know, for legal reasons, I probably shouldn't get into too much more of this. Ooh,
0: I like this. (laughs) I like this. Did I just expose you to more than, to more than you're used to saying?
1: (laughs) Well, ultimately my, my, uh, (laughs) my time at Howell ended unfavorably with a, with a termination which I think was ultimately a uh, a business move to bring in younger, cheaper players because you know they. Uh, I think I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, yeah, you I know. think
0: so. Um, but anyway, how so, long? How long were you at to 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 moderate a little bit? How long were you at Howl at the Moon in total? About nine years,
1: nine and a half years. You were there
0: for nine and a half years. Yeah. Okay, so from t- twenty two thousand six. Okay. 2006 to 2000, I didn't do them. How many years did you 15 say? 15 <laughs> and a half. <laughs> and a half. And then another question that all of our listeners need to know the answer to. Um, I was there briefly. Kevin, my now roommate Kevin McHugh of Grant Farm. We had Tyler Grant on a couple episodes ago of Grant Farm. Um, they're on a tour right now. And... He he sort of got me the audition with you there. I just want to go over our stories colliding ever so slightly. Sure. Um. And and, and I got I got the job. I auditioned, and that was cool. And then I I ulti- and he was way better than anybody we'd had come in. I mean, just by far, head and shoulders.
1: I mean, nice. He could play piano, <laughs> which well, I mean, call me crazy for calling that a prerequisite at a piano bar, but you know what? Nowadays, it's it's not
0: always. The case, yeah,
1: because some people think that piano can be learned, and oh, you know, teach them, teach them, a couple months,
0: right? Right. Right. (laughs) Well, I, I guess I had, I guess I had that going for me, but I was there only for a short time, five or six months. Um, I had, I was supposed to transfer to Kansas City, and I, I loved working with you, and I loved the musicians, and it, it challenged me a lot. I feel like my ear developed so much. Because I didn't know a lot of these songs, and being a young guy, you know, twenty-one at the time, I think even a lot of these classic rock songs that I should know, I had, I I didn't hadn't even heard before. So, um, I was having to learn some chord progressions through osmosis, I guess, and it was great for me. It was a great learning experience. But then at the end of the day, and I remember the conversation. I I had my thing going. I was writing original music, and I knew at that point that's what I wanted to do forever and and I remember the conversation, uh, I came in and I said, Hey, I, I'm opening for a, a national act. I don't remember who it was on, on such and such a date. And I don't know if it was you or somebody else that, Oh, we might need, we need you that night. Cause so-and-so's in town. And, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm, I'm not requesting off. I'm letting you know, I won't be there. And, <laughs> and that's, and that's, and that's when I knew, that's when I knew it wasn't going to work for me. And so I, so I came in and you were outside, and I said, "I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave. Uh, when's the appropriate time to do so?" And you said, "I saw this coming from a mile away." <laughs> and good for you. you. You know, you weren't mad or anything. But question I was gonna ask is, did I totally suck at that job? Why are you shaking your head yes <laughs> when you ask me that question? <laughs>
1: yeah i wish there was a camera on this podcast because he (laughs) asked do i totally suck at this question as he shakes (laughs) his head vigorously yes (laughs) no of course not i will say back in the day when when dueling pianos was in its heyday god i'm i sound like dr seuss right now there's a lot of a's but uh When it was, you know, it was Johnny Cash, it was Boogie Woogie Piano, it was all the stuff that you are fantastic at. That was would, that would have been your heyday in that gig. When it's Katy Perry and and Bruno Mars and and all the stuff that you know, we all kind of have to. You know, and I don't, I shouldn't say all of it because there's a lot of good music out there nowadays. You get, you got to dig to find some of it. Right. But uh, when it's really sitting down and learning all this stuff that you, a guy like you that wants to write your own original songs and is so good at it, you know? And you have a, a very, very specific and unique sound that needs to be cultivated and needs to be developed, and I think you're doing that beautifully. Um, anyway, a guy like you that has to sit down and take time away from that to to learn these pop hits that you're just really kind of gritting your teeth through and, it wasn't for you.
0: Yeah, that's it the wasn't nice way for you. way of saying I totally
1: sucked at that. Job. You did not suck at the <laughs> no, job. No, no. I if know. you wanted to take the time to do that, yeah. I have full confidence in your musical ability. That you would have been great at it. it. It's
0: an interesting gig. It's it's an interesting gig. I'll I'll say that. And uh, you know, whenever whenever Kevin and I look back at our time together at Healthman, which was very brief, you always you know, whenever you come up, it's like, man, he was. He was just insane at that. You know, you knew you knew every song that everybody else knew, plus a whole bunch more. Um, and and when I was there, I, I guess I didn't realize uh, how lucky I was because there was, uh, I, what three of you that just knew. In, in aside from from Kevin, who was incredible at the job too, but started, you know, doing his own thing as well. You know, I was learning from three people that. Uh, are, are as good as it gets at, at that gig. And I, I don't know if I, if I really, I had never been in a dueling piano bar before in my life, but since, um, you know, I've, I've seen shows and things like that. And I look back and am like, damn, that was like, that was just a great crew that I was very lucky to learn from and play with for a few months. So it was a cool experience for me. And as, uh, as my, as my former boss, thanks. <laughs> Uh, oh, that lasted what a month? <laughs> I,
1: I, don't, <laughs> I don't think you're you're not really allowed to say boss if it was a month. Yeah, there. it was
0: six, but um, <laughs> was it really that long? <laughs> oh God, alcohol is a hell of a drug, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so back back to the main story. <laughs> Sorry for the tangent. I just had to cut in no, with how our great. our paths crossed there for a little bit. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So uh, it's it's at this time when um they pull me into the corporate side of things and. And I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to change the world. I'm supposed to fuck. You. Pardon me. Yeah. Uh, no. You just go for to, it. I'm supposed to change the, the face of howl at the moon. And and and. I'm did some, you?
0: Did you? Were you about to say fuck the face and then you switched I and was, said change instead? Because you <laughs> you cut yourself off after the first word.
1: I mean, you know what a howling face looks like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh <clears throat> So I'm supposed to change the world. I'm supposed to bring all these teams nationwide into what our show is doing, and 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 spread that show. And then it's you know it's just not working out. I should say that at, at, during this time at Denver Hall at the Moon, I meet my now wife slash dueling piano player slash business partner nowadays, Amy slash better half slash way better half, Amy Bierman, uh, Amy Tuck, and uh so i'm I'm out you know trying to visit all these other clubs while she's trying to hold down the fort at Howl at the moon denver uh, as as a player herself and um anyway i I start to become really discouraged with with this job right off the bat because I feel like like i said they they bring this person in like guys who run a business but know nothing about music they think it's so easy they think. Right. Uh, this is what you do. Why can't you just go do this everywhere? Right. Well, they don't understand that cultivating a show like that takes time and takes um, meshing with different personalities and trust. And it really, it's not something you can visit a group of musicians for a weekend and say, "All right, here we go. This is what we're doing." Because they're gonna look at you like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Right. You know. Who, right. Telling us what to do. Which I definitely got in many many of my visits like all they wanted was the free meal basically what it boils down to you know we'd yeah. I'd, I'd have a rehears- rehearsal with these guys saying hey let's rehearse this new number we can do with the band and, and wow the audience for three minutes and and basically all they wanted was like when is this over so we can all go to dinner and get a free meal out of this so. <laughs> right right so, which is enticing, it is, yeah. <laughs> especially since you know, I mean, it's on the corporate card, so we we know we didn't eat at McDonald's, <laughs> right, right. But um, this is a long time coming, you know. Through my time with uh, a a corporate situation, a corporate, so so here we we've come full circle. We're in a military slash music situation, which I found didn't really fit. Maybe it, f- it it fits a lot of people. It didn't fit me. You know, I I still I find myself as a a free spirit, and uh, maybe I haven't quite found what I'm looking for yet. But then I find dueling pianos in a corporate situation, which ultimately doesn't fit a musician's lifestyle. So the military music or the military uh, agenda doesn't fit. The corporate agenda doesn't fit. So here. We find
0: myself and my new wife saying, "Hey," and this is your let's let's count them up really quick. This was your second wife, correct? Yeah. Thanks for bringing that <laughs> back okay. up. I'm yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the stepmother to my children
1: and my my forever wife, Amy. Uh, so here we are at a crossroads. We leave. We leave Howl at the Moon. We are, and it's what year when you leave Howl at the Moon? This Mo. is 2016 October, I think, to be exact.
0: And now, and now, uh, 43 minutes into the interview, almost, we're finally getting into the stuff we really needed to talk about on this. Son episode. of a bitch. Yeah. So, if you got to edit, please edit. No, I'm not going to edit. I'm not. I think <laughs> I think this is just great. <laughs> um, anyway. So you've left Hal at the Moon and I'll, I'll let you continue, but I, I want to get into um, now you're a, a musician running your own business.
1: Well, here we go, you know it's uh, it's do or die at this point.
0: Our our lifeline has been cut. We have our steady gig is gone, and you and Amy both lost your gig at Hal at the Moon at the same time. Correct. Okay. Our steady gig is gone our steady paycheck is gone,
1: our study paycheck is gone. So what we have is each other, what we have is a unique skill set. And we decide, you know, something we've been thinking about for a long time, Like, why don't we just do our own thing? And we just dive in head first, we make a website, we call hotel coordinators, we, we call event planners, we call wedding planners, we call anybody and everybody we can possibly think of that would ever want to hire entertainment, ever want to hire musicians. Yeah. And we dive in headfirst. And we we work day in and day out sending out cold calls, cold emails, cold everything. and And, you know, we get a few bites and we play a few shows and – Honestly, one thing leads to another. word of mouth is a very, very powerful thing. very powerful. Um, I'll, I mean, you can you can contact these people. all I guess it's probably the same way with somebody writing their own music if you wanted to contact a record producer. but what it takes is one great show. I sound like school of rock. One great show can change the world. <laughs> but it really is. You know, you play one great show, and this person tells two friends. And they tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and they yeah, tell yeah, two friends. Yeah, yeah, they... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but uh, word of mouth is a very powerful thing. And eventually we get in with an event group that has high-end clients, and they're like, you guys are fantastic. We want you for all of our...
0: It's only a matter of time. You got, Between the two of you, you had 20 years of experience on that gig. It it helps that we had a lot of experience and we put on a kick ass show when we, when we were playing together. Absolutely. And ultimately, you I wore guess all the wigs.
1: The moral, uh, here we are, what almost fifty minutes into this thing. Yeah. Probably. My moral of the whole thing, if I had to say to anybody, is, God, never, never stick to something, that is safe. Never stick to something that is a sure thing, because whatever you think is a sure thing, one day, boom. That's not a sure thing anymore. It's not a sure thing anymore. No, it can all that rug can be pulled out from under you anytime the man wants it to be. Mm. You know? And I guess uh, it's it's it seems scary and it seems unfathomable to some people to go out there and get their own work and make their own life and create their own business, their own life, their own, life, their own you, you know? You don't have to work for the man. I sound like School of Rock again. But you know, yeah. it, it really is the damn
0: truth. You know? It, you, you seem you seem happy with the decision.
1: Oh God. As scary as it was, it was the it was the right decision. We're it the, was something we should have done a long time ago, but you know what? To quote semisonic, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. And you probably ended a lot of nights at Hell at the Moon with that song. Probably did actually yeah definitely did <laughs> but god i mean i i feel like in a way our success in just 2 years should be uh, an example for anybody who's not happy working in whatever organization they're working in like get out and just do it if there's ever something you wanted to do it's going to take a risk it's going to take a jump it's going to take a leap but ultimately it's going to be worth it. You know, somebody's there to, to catch you and show you along,
0: show you along the way. So And so now you, your full-time job besides being a daddy, your full-time job is you have a dueling piano company that you started with your wife. Um, well, before she was your wife, but now your wife. Right. And it's a, it's a, I guess now it's expanded a little bit, but you guys do all the booking. You guys go out and do the shows. You do what you need to do for the promotion, right? You reach out to new clients. And now even recently you've brought on new players. Colorado Keys is the name of the company is is now starting to expand. Is this on the path of what you envisioned? I mean, it really is. Uh, We had just this past weekend, we had three
1: bookings and because of that there's only two original owners of the company so that means we got to bring on several other players and we did and i know other people that are in the same business that have six bookings a night that do you know and and they do this year round so ultimately that would be a goal of ours is to this is this is our our way of life
0: is it not year round
1: well there are certain parts of the year that are Damn. certainly more busy than the others and and just saturated with more work.
0: So if if you had it your way um completely if you had it your way completely what what does the company look like?
1: I mean it's uh it's basically well I mean I, as as more gigs come in, <clears throat> you realize how much you got to spend money to make money. So that's another key element I took away from this whole running a business venture that we took on. Yeah. And uh, because of several bookings, that means, well, now you need several uh, setups. Yeah. Which means piano shells and sound equipment, light equipment, microphones, cables, all of it, you know so spend money to make money so ultimately i mean it's 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 going to be an endless cycle of uh, how big do you want to get you know and and through my experience with corporations is yeah you get too big sometimes where you end up diluting the product
0: how many how many shows could colorado keys handle in one weekend that i was comfortable with yeah i think 3 was about it Okay, so yeah. you would not want to expand to four shows. If if you had it your way, Colorado Keys would be putting on three shows a weekend. Let me put it this way. A company that I will remain unnamed,
1: um, they hired me in to play a show in Minneapolis. This guy had never met me, but he had spread himself so thin that he was just calling in. He just crossed his fingers. He was Exactly. He never met me. Um, he talked to me on the phone. Said I, it sounds like you know what you're doing, but I would never want to put myself in that position. Yeah, like I, I want to know my product. I want to know what players I'm putting out. I want to know exactly the the product I'm giving the client. And and I th- I feel like that is where you know a lot of corporations and larger companies they really fall short. Is they have to take a hit on the product to to grow wider you know you, you dig a hole an inch deep and a mile wide rather than five feet wide and a mile deep you know if that makes any sense mm-hmm. you know let's keep it let's keep it contained and keep it quality yeah and that would be my philosophy going forward with this company and just through what i've learned in my experience
0: but you like running your own company.
1: It's 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 a lot of work, but it's work that you can really be proud of. It's work that you can sit down at the end of the day and say, you know, I I I got a lot done, but I'm I'm proud of it. I did that work for me. Everything that I did today,
0: that's I'm I'm going to reap the benefits of that. And if you could go back, um, is there anything you would have done? differently and I'm not talking about uh having I, I'm not talking about any any personal relationships <laughs> but just career wise. Is there anything is there anything do you ever wish I mean your your life and, and you're as you're as good as it gets at the gig. Your your life is you do you do other people's music for the most part and you put on a show and it's a it's a dueling piano thing and do you ever is there a part of you that ever wanted to do something else with music, or is there a part of you still that wants to do something else with music?
1: Oh sure you know i uh I have a lot of original ideas and a lot of original songs that i've I've written and never really gone all the way through with getting professionally recorded and I've got a lot of ideas, sure but uh would I do anything differently? If that's the question, no. I feel like, you know, whatever my path is, it's led me here, and I'm happy. Mm. And I met my wife doing what I do, and I have two beautiful children, and I I just... I, I really enjoy. I really enjoy what we do, you know? Maybe one day, as, as things... Progress and I can take a step back and maybe do more for myself. Uh, I I would write. I would write more.
0: Yeah. Do Do you think you'll ever uh, do a show of original songs and hire a band and sell presale tickets and play the game? Sell pre-sale
1: tickets as, as, and play the game. It's kind no. of a, kind of a joke, but
0: uh, <laughs> I, I mean, ever put together a band and play your original songs, even if it's just for a night? Yes. Yes, that will happen. I promise you that will happen. That's that's not a that's not a question. I've got enough
1: ideas and I've got enough songs already written that it will happen. But I definitely, unlike yourself, I put that life on hold, which some people would say you're a sellout, and that's okay. I, I've heard that before, um, but you know, eventually it'll happen. It will happen because. Music in general, whether it's my own, because one thing I have found about playing other people's music is you can put your own flavor on it, you know mm-hmm. you can you can make you do, other people's yeah. music your own and you can have fun with it and I do that every night, night in and night out, and what 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 people call sell out I still call being a
0: musician and having fun that's great. that's all you can ask for absolutely um it, one question I thought of. That I wanted to ask before we part ways. Um, oh, and when you do play that original show, just get me that date well in advance. All right, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna I'll have the you close road. it for me. I'll have you headline it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sounds like it. Sounds like a plan. What being in the military? I I I will never understand what it's like to be in the military, and and a lot of I guess most people won't. But what are some of those? What things did you take away from the military that you instill in your everyday life or into your kids? Or what What were some of those things that you still use today that you wouldn't have had you not gone that route?
1: Wow, well, <clears throat> this is something I still um, feel terri- terrible about to this day but it, it really was one of those life lessons that you kind of never forget. Um, I was really bad at time management and really life management before the military and into my early time into the military. There was one day that I was on a trip and uh, I completely forgot about a funeral. As a trumpet player, you know, I was I was responsible of, uh, uh, for playing taps, had a lot of military funerals, and I completely missed one. I com- the funeral didn't have well, it didn't have taps. It did not have a bugler playing taps at the funeral because I was off doing my own thing with my mismanaged schedule, and that really crashed down hard on me in military, the military judicial system, if you will. You know, I I I really caught a lot of flack for that and um through that and and just other experiences and 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 f-ups in in the military i will say that the military definitely kind of squared me off as far as being a responsible human (laughs) you know which is not something you can say for a lot of musicians and uh I guess that's where I, where I said earlier, the musician lifestyle and the military lifestyle, they don't match up. They don't mesh, but it, I I will never, I will never regret the amount of responsibility instilled in me from the military.
0: Wow. Well, on that note, I wasn't (laughs) expecting such a, uh, you know, finish the sentence and then indent the paragraph. (laughs) It's like, Oh, I got to cut in right there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, thanks so much for coming on. I have a, an immense amount of respect for you and what you do. And uh hopefully we'll have you on again or, or actually hopefully we'll have Amy on next time. Yeah, bring time. my wife in. She's yeah.
1: she's way more entertaining. We
0: need to <laughs> yeah, we need to hear uh we need to hear a good interview about Colorado Keys. So next time we'll have her. <laughs> no. Um, you know, not just
1: waiting to the last 5 minutes and kind of breeze through breezing it.
0: Breezing through it. And I I want to mention though uh that John Tuck and Amy Bierman Tuck, and any cronies that they hire for gigs when they can't make when they can't make them are all A plus musicians. And their company is Colorado Keys, and we'll have a link to their website and uh, their socials in the description of this podcast. Hooray! Episode ten. Woo-hoo! Thanks for thanks for being here. <laughs> All right, my interview with John Tuck. I think it was a good one. And episode 10 is in the books. I I hope when we do that follow-up episode when Colorado Keys has a, you know, is the biggest dueling piano name in the world. No, I don't know. I guess John said that wasn't his goal. But I hope when we do the follow-up episode, maybe we can get Amy Bierman Tuck, his lovely wife slash co-conspirator slash better half, slash dueling piano partner. I hope we can get her on next time. That would be awesome. Well, I hope everybody has a happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and a happy Kwanzaa. And I th- I think the next one will come just after the new year. So whatever your new year's resolutions may be, whatever you want to do better in 2019, I wish you the best of luck with all of that or the best of skill, perhaps. Anyway, that's it for me. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Appreciate you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, death threats, email me at middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, PQ Mastering of Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll see you next time. Thanks.
1: talking i'm talking i'm talking in Andy's room there's no talking in Andy's room and now, yes there is yes there is especially when we do podcasts. he's
0: not going to let me talk i need to talk i need to test my mic for Christ's sake come on now
1: <laughs> you do this all the time your mic should be just fine
0: all right <laughs> all right